Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickup trucks, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Good morning. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Got to Wednesday. Yeah. Beautiful weather. Mild. Boy, it was good to feel the sunshine yesterday. You're going to get the rest of the week. Well, not Friday. Well, you're going to get today and tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah. So Weather's it, been pretty good this week, but yeah, then it has been. Then it becomes winter. Looking at the forecast, then it becomes winter. I'm okay as long as it's not like last year. Last year was a blankety blank, blankety blank. You want to explain that? No, I don't think I need it. I think think the blankety blanks pretty much take care of it. It was a crap winter. It it just was, it was too cold for too long, too icy, too much snow. It didn't go away. Blah, blah, blah. I sound like grumpy old guy, but you know what? That's how I felt. Well, you're going to probably look at the sky and say to the snow, get off my lawn. Yes. Now for the lead. The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. NFL.com's Adam Shine wrote an article titled Nine Bubble Teams I Love, Like, and Loathe. So right when I saw this headline, I'm like, where, where, where are the Broncos? Where is he going to put the Broncos? Yeah, right. So sure. he, he likes the Texans, likes the Colts, likes the Packers. Okay, as I'm scrolling down, that's fine. Okay, he doesn't like him as much as maybe some other people do. Then, um, or I'm sorry, he loves he loves the Texans, Colts, and Packers. All right. Then I'm like, all right, well, he's got to be Broncos have to be in the like category, sure, right? Sure, right? Yeah. He, he likes the Rams, <laughs> likes the Bills, and I'm like, really? He loathes the Broncos. Well, if he loathes the Broncos, I can see an argument for that. I guess he loathes the Saints, Seahawks. Steelers and Chargers. Chargers? And I'm thinking Chargers. The Broncos even aren't aren't even on this list. I mean, you could make the case. What's below Loathe? Well, he already has teams in the love and like region. Two of the five the Broncos have already beaten. Yes. So And they're ahead of in the playoff standings. And the reason why I say that is, is that they're ahead of those teams, uh-huh. but the Broncos beat the Browns, and the Browns are ahead of them. Right. So are you surprised at all, and I'm guessing by your tude, that's what the hip kids say, not attitude, your tude, <laughs> that uh, the Broncos aren't in any of these categories? Yeah. Maybe there are kind of a, maybe there are some teams out there that are a little more undefinable for people like Adam Shine. I don't know. I don't know what. What do you look at and see upon first impression of the Broncos? We see them all the time. So we are much more locked into their good, bad, and indifference. Mm -hmm. What do you think the first impression is from the outside looking in? Is it a playoff team? Is it a nice little story? How much do you really trust them? I mean, I don't know. What would the, the, the... Fleeting first impression be of the Broncos nationally. 
that they're still the one in five team because in their biggest game against Houston in Houston, they didn't get the job done. No, in fact, they regressed, right? You can make that case. I think you can. Certainly offensively, they regressed. Right. And so, um, yeah, so I'm not sure that they are an identifiable uh, product yet. Um, We'll see. I I I think for Adam Shine... There is some seriously flawed logic in his in his analysis. I'll just start with one team, and that's the Buffalo Bills. He likes them, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you like the fact that they play in Kansas City in their next game and then are at home against the Cowboys? Play the Chargers and Patriots. I get that. And then are on the road in Miami. Do you do you really like that they should lose? That's a two and three schedule right there, homeboy. That's my point. Right. So do you really like them being eight and nine? Because that's what it looks like here. And even if a, another game swings the other direction, yeah. do you really like them potentially making the playoffs at and nine, nine and, and eight? eight? Do you really like them being ten and seven? Going four and one the rest of the way. Yeah. That's what I mean by flawed logic. Yeah. Well, the Chargers are five and seven right now by my math, right? They are. Huh. And what was interesting is now remember, they're in the loathe category. They are in the loathe. So I I, I you got it. I I guess that I'm just surprised that anyone would even mention the Chargers at this point. Right. I mean, are they really a bubble team? But here's here's the funniest line from this column. By far, if I can find it, because uh, I had it and now I can't find it. But basically, I'll tell you what what, yeah. was, what was written. I was going to give you a minute, but that's okay. Do you have it in front of you? Well, no, I don't have it in front okay. of me. So but he was... doesn't include the Browns in this. The Browns aren't anywhere to be. Are the Browns a contender? I, I think they are still, right? They're in the playoffs right now. Yeah, he doesn't mention the Broncos nor the Browns right. in, this, in this equation, which is interesting to me anyway well what he wrote is in the fact that he left out the broncos i'm like but you i understand you loathe the uh the the chargers but but it doesn't have to be nine teams it can be 11 yeah right i mean i mean did you limit yourself in your head nope it it just has to be nine (laughs) it can't be eight can't be 10 can't be 12 I'm going to go with nine, and I'm going to stick to it. So this is what he wrote about the Chargers. And again, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm paraphrasing here. He said, do you really think, this was hilarious, do you really think the Chargers are going to sweep the Broncos? That's what he said? Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what, I mean, I'll read it verbatim, huh. but but that is basically what he wrote. Do you really think that they're going to sweep them? And I'm waiting. But I'm thinking, wait, the Broncos aren't even on the list. Right. They aren't even on your little nine bubble team list. By the way, the Broncos and the Chargers have, and I think I have this right, split the last three years. But the Chargers are the only team in the AFC West that the Broncos have a winning record against since they won the Super Bowl in 2015. They're nine and six against the the Chargers. Here's the line, by the way. Let's see how good I am at paraphrasing meaning I'm butchering somebody's quote. I bet you're pretty close to on target. The Chargers won four of their uh, final five games to make the playoffs last season. 
I do not see that kind of rally happening again. Not with two games against Sean Payton's revived Broncos. Huh. So it's a pretty close, pretty close. Yet he doesn't paraphrase. Yes, he doesn't love or like yes. the Broncos. But here's something else. And I have beaten this drum more than a few times. And now, and you can make the case it is coming to fruition. And that's why, in some ways, I give the Broncos, can't believe I'm saying this, a better chance to make the playoffs than probably most people. And it has very little to do with, for lack of a better phrase, has very little to do with their schedule moving forward. All right. Okay. Okay. Enlighten me. Okay. Let's look at the teams. And I have this in front of me, and now I don't, and now I do. The drum that I've been beating is the Broncos have been healthy. Yeah. The Broncos have been healthy. Yeah. So they may not be great, but at least they're throwing out a healthy lineup. Yeah. And yes, Russell Wilson missed Jerry Judy wide open more than a few times, including on the uh, second down play at the goal line. Yeah, he was at the eight. He was he was pretty open. Yeah. I mean, once you start looking at the all twenty two, you're like, damn. So let's look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, by the way, I don't think will win the division now. Oh. Well, Trevor Lawrence has a high ankle sprain. He does. And Doug Peterson said, we'll see if he can play this Sunday. You, uh, you're not a C.J. Beathard guy. Well, I'm, I'm more of a um, I'm more of a, a Browning guy with the uh, Bengals. He's nice, though. Yeah. That's a guy that's played in the CFP. Yeah. Uh, that's a guy that, that he's got some game. But, but, I, but I digress. I hear you. A high ankle sprain is a four- to five-week injury. Yeah. I mean, you and I have been around football yeah. long enough. So for Peterson to say he might play, that would be one hell of a miracle. So the point is, Jacksonville's eight and four. Their biggest worry, believe it or not, is not Trevor Lawrence. Their biggest worry is Christian Kirk, who's probably out for the yes. season. So they're missing two of their top two offensive players. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're talking about injuries here. Yeah. Houston Texans, who did they just lose? Tank Dell. Yeah. Big part of their offense. Joe Flacco is the quarterback of the Browns. I don't need to go any further than that. Right? No. So these are all teams right now mm-hmm. that are in the playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers, is Kenny Pickett going to play this season? Doesn't sound like it. Okay. This is another team yeah. that's ahead of the Broncos. So I just rattled off four teams that are currently ahead of the Broncos right now who are have major injuries. They do. And let's see, one... Coldstone. Two, three of the four. Yeah. Three of the four are missing their starting quarterback. Yeah. We can rail on Russ all we want to. Russ is at least playing. Yeah. So it's the injuries that I look at. And oh, by the way, when you're missing two of your top offensive guys, maybe Jacksonville keeps it together. But here come the Colts. Here come the Houston Texans. Maybe the AFC South is better than people thought. Right? Yeah. But if Jacksonville doesn't win the division, honestly, you want Houston to win that division. Yeah. Because they lost, they beat the Broncos head-to-head. Is Garner Minshew the best backup quarterback in the NFL? I wanted him to be the starter years ago. I hear you. Years that, and years ago. That dude is, you know what he is? He's a baller. Yep. Dude is a baller. I'll, I'll, I'll throw another term. He's a cockroach in a nuclear holocaust. You just can't get rid yeah. of them. 
No. Guys, you always find he doesn't put up huge numbers. Sometimes he does, and then sometimes he looks like Gardner Minshew. But the point is, for a guy who's basically been a career backup, he's pretty damn good. I thought he, I, I really liked him backing up Russ. He was available this year. I really liked him starting before they got Russ. Hmm. Well, let's look at the quarterbacks before Russ. Yeah, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was better than people give him credit for. Not better than Gardner Minshew. No. Right? I like How about Gar- Case Keenum? How about Joe Flacco? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to argue because I'm the one that brought it up. I like Gardner Minshew a lot. I do, too. I do. I really do. And he's just a competitive SOB. God, he gets after it. Uh, he's elevating the Colts right now. That's yeah. hard to do. Oh, by the way, I forgot. Think to... about Jarrett. Would Stidham be elevating the Broncos right now? Oh, I forgot to mention something. So we mentioned four teams currently ahead of the Broncos mm-hmm. in the standings, right? Yeah. We have the Steelers, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. the Colts, yeah. and the Texans, yeah. right? Yep. Gardner Minshew, he better play well. You know why? Jonathan Taylor's going to miss some time. Yes, he is. So... You have five teams ahead of the Broncos right now. Broncos are sitting at nine. Five teams ahead of the Broncos all have significant injuries. Not like kind of injuries. Significant injuries. And And the Broncos have been healthy. And that all goes into the equation of if the Broncos can win four or five games, they're in the playoffs. You know what? I'm going to take this a step further. Unless the Broncos get a rash of injuries mm-hmm. against the Chargers, if they don't make the playoffs, looking at the injuries to all of these teams, okay, the Broncos really are not a very good football team. Well, I don't think that injuries on other teams has has much to do with the performance of the Broncos themselves. Remember, the Broncos have been healthy almost the whole year. It's hard to win games when you're missing, I don't know, your starting quarterback. Yes. Your best wide receivers. Right. Your best running back. Yep. And oh, by the way, Jonathan Taylor isn't some schmuck off the street. No. But the point is, you have these teams that are barely ahead of the Broncos. And if they can win games to make the playoffs over the Broncos, who are fully healthy, then, then that, to me, is a concern. The Broncos are healthy. I can't stress this enough. What is the concern? What is the, what, give me the direct, what is the concern? The concern is what we thought, wondered about all year long is how good the roster is. And it remains a question to this day. Okay. Are, is Sean Payton getting the most that he can squeeze out of this turnip? And the answer is, I think, yeah, probably. What are you getting out of a turnip anyway? Don't I, you, don't, isn't it orange? What are you getting out of a turnip? And the, the phrase is blood out of a turnip. I know it's weird. Yeah. But is, does juice come out of a turnip? Uh, I think it does. I think I've never that, had a turnip. I think that you can juice yeah. a turnip. Turnips are weird. Uh, what the hell do you use a turnip for? It's this type of insight that makes us the number one sports talk show in this room. Yeah, in At this, this hour. In this moment. In this time slot. Coming up after the break, Jerry Judy... gets upset when he doesn't get the ball. Yeah. However, can you really blame him when you look at some of the film and more of that stuff is coming out? Russell's not 
finding Jerry where you can make the case. They should have won that game. You have Russell missing open guys. John Payton talked about it. But here's something else with Russ we need to address. Everybody loves it when he extends plays. But is he really extending plays in the right way? That's next. Hmm. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain, excuse me, the uh, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman today. There is an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. We'll get to the thing about Judy and Russ a little bit later on in the show today or maybe even tomorrow, but I would like to continue our conversation as we are talking about injuries. And I know that I am beating this drum, but I think it's important to really put this into perspective. When people talk about how good is your roster, 90% of the time we are talking about guys coming off the bench. How good is your depth? That's what we're usually talking about. We're not generally talking about how good is your 22. Yeah, well, we may be right now. Well, we are going to right now. So I'll ask you, the Broncos have five more games to play. Let's look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it is probably safe to say Trevor Lawrence is going to at least miss three or four games. Christian Kirk is probably out for the season. Christian Kirk is their best wide receiver. Mm -hmm. We certainly know about Trevor Lawrence. Broncos have five games to go. What is their record without Russ and Cortland Sutton? the rest of the way without Russ and Cortland Sutton like the Jaguars the next four to, the next three to four games no Sutton the rest of the season I think at best and I mean at best two and three at best then they don't make the playoffs right now let's go to the Houston Texans who have been banged up all season their injury list has been long all season but we can only go with what we currently have today with the latest injuries sure did they go four and one without Cortland Sutton? Meaning Tank Dell, who is Stroud's favorite receiver. Yeah, I understand they have Collins, but it is Dell who is the deep threat. 
even though Sutton isn't the deep threat. Favorite receiver, though. Do they go 4-1 and one without Cortland Sutton? Probably uh, a little more difficult. I, I, I'd have to look at the teams that they were playing, but yeah, it makes it... it Call 3-2, and two, is that fair? Yeah, sure. We're being generous. Sure. sure. Are they making the playoffs at 9-8? and eight? Probably not. Cleveland Browns, same thing. You don't have your quarterback. Well, the Browns are sinking quickly. They right are. Now. They don't have their quarterback, and no. it's not like Deshaun Watson was lighting up. Pittsburgh Steelers, they don't have their quarterback. Again, do have t- a defense, but they, I hear you. Yeah. You're, and Kenny Pickett isn't very good. No. But they're still winning. Yep. Okay. Mike Again, Tomlin, man. Mike Tomlin. Can we just have a moment there? Okay. Mike Tomlin. Okay. So I get it. That, well done. All he does is win football games. Yeah. Now, Indianapolis Colts, look where they are. They're seven and five, right? They don't have their starting quarterback. Richardson went out a long time ago. I think they may have improved in that loss. Sometimes you gain by losing. Okay. Now, take, so, take Russ. Well, you can make the case when we're talking about Russ, right? Is he really lit it up? And something else to, and by the way, just we'll, then we'll move on. Take Javante Williams, Jonathan Taylor out of the lineup, mm-hmm. right? And then take out their starting quarterback. Let's talk about Russ real quick. When he scrambles for yards, does he generally speaking do it climbing the pocket or running around to tackle? Because I think he does it far more, not far more. He does it far too often, running around to tackle. Mm. Going the wrong. He doesn't climb the pocket that much. He's mm. not going north and south. I think he's a lot better climbing the pocket this year. I wouldn't say that. I would. I, your argument is a good one. He I doesn't think, run north south enough. He runs east west, and he doesn't have the wheels anymore no. to outrun some guys. Right. Yes. And then you look at his vision. And I think that when Sean Payton eventually evaluates Russell Wilson, I think the things that are going to stick out will be, A, being able to see the field, okay, which he hasn't done a great job of. I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm just saying let's look at some things. Where are we now with him? Let's look at some things that are obvious. How good is he in his pre-snap read? Jerry Judy had one-on-one coverage. One-on-one coverage. If you see two cornerbacks on a wide receiver, chances are that's not your first option. No. You're always looking for the one-on-one matchup. And the one-on-one matchup was with Jerry Judy. And he didn't spot that. When he runs with the ball and extends plays, that's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. So when he picked up that fourth down and Jerry was open, that was pretty much a north-south play. And it's hard to argue with the results of that play. I'm not arguing with the and results either. Not, right. And then you have his arm strength, which he's throwing balls short. He threw one ball short. He threw two balls short. What's the other one other than Mims? Sutton, the interception. Yeah, Sutton. that wasn't short. That ball was pretty good. Sutton was... I, 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 I respectfully disagree Sutton had with two you. steps on the... On, no, on he didn't. No. Stingley made. I thought Stingley. He did not have. Stingley two made a great up. play. He made an un. He made a tremendous play, a tremendous play to get back and get on that ball. I'll put it to you. I, the, the Mims throw 
was egregious. I, it's funny. When Agreed. At, whenever I am on the golf course mm-hmm. and I'm standing on the green, I always think to myself, I don't care how far out this putt is, and I don't care how crazy the slope is. There is a, an angle that geometry will tell you there is a way to get that ball in the hole. There is a way. Okay. There's always one line that can get you there of with course. the rest. Sure. So my point is, if Russ doesn't throw a dart and has a little bit more air under it, that that potentially could be a completed pass. Although I'm not going to go too far down that road. Yeah, that's because, kind of a splitting hairs thing, and, in my opinion. And I understand that. But when you throw in, okay, his arm strength on deep passes, he's done he's done some really good things this year. Mm-hmm. But when you look at all of the tape for the entire season, his pre-snap reads have not been great. He hasn't he hasn't spotted open wide receivers enough. At times, he runs east-west too much, and then the arm strength. Those are three key things. I understand it's about winning games, and some will look at stats. I'm not always going to look at stats. No. But can you make a case, bringing up all three of those things, all are at the very least a slight concern? Well, I think a lot will be answered in the next, yeah, a slight concern, certainly. Um, I think a lot of answers are going to come with Russ in the next five games. Uh, and 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 uh, he's playing a defense this week, a passing defense. And I think that Sean Payton is going to attack the back end of the Chargers' defense. And I do think they will get a, away a little bit from from the dependence on the run in an effort to uh, exploit the Chargers and their game-to-game weakness. So I'll be interested to see how it all works out because you bring up good points. You've got to be able to locate open guys. You have to be able to read before the play. You have to be able to read after the snap. So before the snap and after the snap. You have to be able to read and see the field. It's called a processor, and I think we're going to get a lot of questions answered. I don't know why he has gone away from Jerry Judy quite as much as he has done when you stop to consider that he was the go-to guy for the last six games of last season. It may be as simple as he and and and, Pay, and uh, Cortland Sutton have just kind of connected this year. Okay, I get that. I, I, I get that 14 can be your first look. But man, you got to do better looking at the field, and and they've got to score points. Look at last year against the Colts. Sutton was his guy in that Indianapolis game mm-hmm. with KJ Hamler wide open over the middle. Sure. Coming up after the break, Darren Hagen is leaving Colorado, and this exploded on Twitter. There's something seriously wrong going on at Colorado. <laughs> if Darian Hagen is leaving the program. But is it really that big of a deal that he's leaving? And I talked to more than a few people yesterday, close to Darian Hagen. And I'll give you some reasons why he is leaving. Also, is the transfer portal 
completely overrated. Mm. Completely overrated. You provocateur. I believe it. And yeah. We'll talk about it next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman today. There's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to rollerauction.com slash MHS and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. When the news broke yesterday morning that Darian Hagen is leaving Colorado as the executive director of community engagement and outreach, he's essentially a football ambassador, to join Sean Lewis as the running backs coach at San Diego State, it set off a firestorm. Would you agree, Alex? Definitely. Yeah, Twitter went ablaze. It sure did. Hagen has been with Colorado, has been in Boulder since 2005, and everybody knows what he did during the national championship season. He most recently was the running backs coach from 2016 to 2022. He has been with too many coaches to count. He's been a lifer in Boulder. Hagen is a buff lifer. So were you surprised that he left? And does this say anything about how Deion Sanders is running his program? And that's why Hagen left. I don't know about the latter, um, but my guess is opportunity. Uh, He wants to coach. He's got a guy that he likes, obviously, in Sean Lewis. San Diego ain't a bad place to go work, if you know what I mean. Um, But maybe there's more to the story. Than, than this. Uh, I, executive director, community engagement, and outreach. He's basically an ambassador to the program. He's he's touring with Chip. Yeah, okay. That's what he's doing. Yeah, I, He's see, going to King's Supers yeah, with Chip. That doesn't do much to for To raise awareness about the program. I can't, I can't imagine it does much for Darian Hagan. And right. I don't know the man. And by the way, he certainly does more than that. I'm being uh, more tongue-in-cheek. Of course, of course. I talked to more than a few people yesterday who are close to Darian Hagan. Mm-hmm. And this is what is going on and why he left. For starters, he got demoted. He is no longer an on-the-field coach. Right. Something that he wants to do. That is going to chap a- anyone's ass. Totally. Okay? He wants to get back into coaching. He has an opportunity. He knows Sean Lewis. 
when you take being demoted, you can make the case Sanders doesn't respect him, and he has a chance to get into coaching. Those are three reasons why he left. Now, Alex, does this make a little bit more sense? Yes, it's and, more clear. And can you blame him for wanting to do that? No, not really. But people are like, well, what does this say about Deion Sanders and the way mm. he's running this program? Yeah. And is there an undercurrent there? This is the undercurrent for Darian Hagan, from what I have been told. Darian Hagan is a buff through and through. He has been in Boulder for the last 20 years. He loves the tradition of Colorado football. He goes back to when they won the national championship game. Shoulder to shoulder. The, and I'm going to totally butcher this phrase, the Bill McCartney line, I think. The timid in the weak will not be entrusted to running Colorado football. Whatever it is. You get what I mean. That sounds right. Okay. So with that, I think Hagen looks at Deion Sanders as a guy who scrapped all tradition of Colorado football, like maybe taking Bill McCartney quotes that were on the wall and pulling them down. And Deion's bringing in his new tradition of whatever he does. And the things that he has done outside of actually playing a football game has been incredibly good for for the program, right? Uh, national awareness. That's a big thing. You have game day here, 60 minutes here, big noon kickoff here. There has been a heavy, heavy spotlight on Colorado football mm-hmm. because of Deion Sanders. The other thing is, and let's think about it this way, and I'm not saying this is who Darian Hagan is. I'm just saying it's a metaphor as much as anything else. Picture being the guy, I don't know, 30-plus years ago, who led your team to the high school national championship, and you were the quarterback of that team, and it's a really big deal for the high school. And then you decide to stick around as a teacher at that high school, and you're the head football coach at that high school. And then somebody else comes in, a huge name, a legendary coach, or a guy who brings us so much sizzle with him, we tend to ignore the stake. And that guy who still wears his letterman's jacket in the hallways as a teacher and wears it on the sidelines during football games because he's the head coach is no longer the big dog in town. Now, Darian Hagan is living in the shadow of Deion Sanders. And not only is it cool in that shadow, it's freezing cold. Mm. And that new coach has frozen you out. You're no longer on the field. You're an ambassador and you're hanging around with Chip doing promos and going to local high schools to try and generate interest in the football team. You have been demoted. In your mind, you've been embarrassed because no longer are you part of this program in the way that you want to be. And there is a guy who is a far bigger man on campus than you. What does this say about how Deion Sanders is running his program? That is not only another segment, that is another show. My point is, I think that's why Darian Hagan left. Well, 
and and I and I'm sure that there are large portions of the truth in that. There's there's a hundred percent portions in the truth right. because of the people who I talk to who are close to Darian Hagen. I'll be really honest with you, the whole Bill McCartney thing, I don't get. I mean, I know those were the good old days, but have we looked at what Colorado football really is, what it's become? Oh, be careful. Uh, okay. I've been attacked on Twitter a lot. Two and ten, six and seven, five and seven, three and nine. Are you talking about the last five 20 and years? Seven, three, just listen. Three and ten, one and eleven, four and eight, two and ten, four and nine. The outlier, ten and four. Thank you, Mike McIntyre. Five and seven, five and seven, five and seven, four and two. Thanks, Carl. Four and eight, one and eleven, and four and eight. As far as taking quotes off the wall, I don't give a damn. Yeah, but but because a coach should be able to come in and put his stamp on a program. I'm going to defend Deion Sanders on that in that regard. When you come at now, look, you can argue about the manner in which he has done it, but a new coach, new coaching staff that's trying to turn around, not a sinking a ship, a ship that basically you're trying to reclaim from the bottom of the ocean. You are, you should have the leeway to do some things in a very different fashion than has been done before. Go. I agree. What you, all the records you just rattled off, Let's just sum it up in one sentence. This has been the last 20 years. But that's not what Hagen's upset about. He's upset about the, and I'm sorry, Buff fans, for saying this, the amazing eight-year run this program had. It was eight years. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Eight years. But, and that was the Bill McCartney era, for the most part, that eight-year run. Yeah. And there was a lot of pride with guys who played in that era. Chad Brown, Charles Johnson, Alfred Williams, Mike Pritchard. So those guys, and I'm not saying those guys literally, anybody who played in that era doesn't want, doesn't appreciate, generally speaking, that era being wiped off the map by Deion Sanders. It has nothing to do with the last 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. It has to do with basically 1988 to basically 1996 or maybe a year longer than that, and I'm guessing you're looking at the record right now, and I think I'm pretty spot on with about 88 to 96. Yes, they beat Texas years later, but the wheels didn't just fall off the cart. They were blown up starting in 2003. Hagen, who has been there for the last 20 years, takes a lot of pride in that eight-year stretch, which included a national championship. Yep. Okay. He doesn't appreciate the fact that not only is Hagen ignore it, not only is Sanders ignoring that history, he's basically treating it like it never happened, and that is the Bill McCartney stuff. Fair Bill, enough. Bill McCartney had nothing to do with 2003 on. I'm talking about when things were going really, really well. Yeah, and and they did go well. They went very, very well under McCartney. Some under Rick Neuheisel, and then Gary Barnett had some nice. Yes. Had some had some nice years, really good years. But Dion is treating it as if it never happened, and these kids don't need to know the history. No, by the way, here's something I've been told by a lot of people. What are there ninety guys on a roster? Yeah, I go, think eighty five under uh, on scholarship. Go walk up to any kid who plays on the football team, anyone, and ask them if they can do the CU fight song, and I'd be willing to bet ninety percent of them don't know it, and there's a reason why. 
because it's not important to Deion Sanders. Now, it sounds silly. Guys should know the fight song, right? They should know the fight song. There's some pride in that. For anybody who ever played for Colorado, you know the Colorado fight song. For Deion Sanders, it's not important. You're not only ignoring the history, but you're taking it, putting it in a box, putting it up in the attic, turning off the lights. That's how I think Darian Hagan and maybe some other buffs that were part of the glory years look at the way Deion Sanders has treated the history of this program. The history has gone from, metaphorically speaking, a player getting up and leading the band to Shadur Sanders holding up his arm and showing off a watch at Arizona State. That's what this has become to them. And that is quintessential Darian Hagan on probably how he feels. And I sympathize with his position. I get it. But this is what you signed up for. Exactly. This is what you signed up for. And are are there warts on all of this right now? You're damn right there are. There is. I just got done saying to you in, in our off mic moments, this next season's a hell of a lot more interesting to me than the last season was. The last season was interesting because of the newness of it and how it was going to how it was all going to play out. Well, it played out the way that it played out. Now, I want to see how this how how when the rubber meets the road, can this can this team and this coaching staff get it done? And that's another conversation we need to have about the transfer portal, which I believe is incredibly overrated. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? We'll talk about the Broncos' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, and the Avs got their homestand started with A.W. That's coming up next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman, Hurdle, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, Transit buses, school buses, and more get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. 
All righty. You guys brought this up yesterday, but the Broncos nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year is Garrett Bowles. Uh, for years, Bowles has participated in a juvenile probation court mentorship program in Arapahoe County while also making regular visits to the Marvin uh, w foot youth services center and he's made a tremendous impact there um he's had kind of a tough upbringing so he's yeah. trying to give back there mm -hmm. uh, any comments on Bowles's commitment to the community of denver I, I commend him greatly for it i've always thought that garrett had a view of things much larger than just himself which i appreciate but i'm going to say this also i think all the teams do a really nice job in this community of being part of it but nothing like the broncos I don't know if that's just carryover from Pat Bolin and the way things were done here previously, or maybe even goes further than that. But I, I have rarely seen such a benevolent group uh, that are involved in so many different things as I do on the Broncos. I think you and I would agree, I hope that we would, that there would be mo multiple guys that could have very easily been nominated for this award. I'll put it to you this way. I... I I like to think that I have a different perspective than most, only because I've covered 13 professional sports teams. Bingo. In the NFL, the Broncos, the Bills, the Bears, and the Chiefs. Chiefs, right. In the NFL, we could talk about how everybody loves the violence of football and loves the game of football. Generally speaking, generally speaking, in my experience, NFL PR staffs are the best. Generally speaking. Yes. They are the best. They also get involved in the community more than any other sport. Hockey gets involved as well, going to Children's Hospital and doing things. They out. do. I don't hear about it as much in basketball. I don't hear about it as much in baseball. For a sport that needs the least amount of publicity because the sport is so wildly popular, they tend to not only do the most in the community but they have the best people in sports running it. Yep. Well said. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. They can help you redesign your entire kitchen. Best appliances out there. Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver where they have extra low prices on some of the top products out there. Coming up after the break, NFL.com's Adam Shine wrote an article titled Nine Bubble Teams. I love like and loathe. Where are the Broncos in one of those three categories? Trust me when I tell you, you are going to be shocked where they are. That's next. Wait.